Welcome to the Theme Park Shuffle Podcast. Logan Zawaki here with my boys, Jeremy Stein and David King. And very excited to tell you guys what we're doing tonight. Well, it might be day when you're listening, but for us, it's night. So we did a poll on the Main Street Magic Community's Facebook page. We asked what you, the people, wanted and surprisingly but not surprisingly you chose ipcot challenge part two so the other options were do a community q a um to do host interviews where we would actually interview each other since you guys may not know much about us and then the other option was to actually do a hallmark challenge where we would retheme attractions based on Hallmark storylines or inspired by Hallmark storylines, which would have just been so ridiculous and fun. We will save that one for a later time. As I told you guys, all of them will get done at some point, but the winner is Ipcot Challenge 2. So for those of you who didn't listen to Ipcot Challenge 1, the challenge is to take an attraction inside Epcot that currently does not have an IP intellectual property associated with it and add one that works best with the theme of the current attraction. Um, And then again, if you didn't listen last episode, just a quick summary. When Epcot opened on October 1st, 1982, it contained zero attractions or pavilions with established Disney intellectual properties. In 2006, when Epcot's The Seas was rethemed with Finding Nemo, that began the major shift. And so since then, we've seen Frozen, we've seen the Three Caballeros, we've seen Remy's Ratatouille ride, more and more and more is on its way. So we did a random shuffle and the results of the second Ipcot Challenge shuffle were David got Awesome Planet, located in world nature inside the land. Jeremy got Soren, also located in world nature inside the land. And I was able to pick mine. And so the attraction I chose was Test Track inside World Discovery. So I'm really excited. Yeah, <laughs> to do yeah. this one. Uh, obviously, I chose mine, so I already knew ahead of time exactly what I wanted to do. So I had an advantage over the other guys this week. Um, but let's kick it off with Jeremy. Or actually, before we get started, do you guys have uh, anything you just want to say um, about either how non-awesome awesome planet is, or uh, <laughs> just any anything you want to say in regards to how your Thanksgiving was? And again. The, um, the poll that we did was on Thanksgiving as a way of saying thank you to our awesome fans, uh, since I didn't mention that before. But yeah, you guys, what's up? Yeah, I mean, I just I, I, I love the idea of always having the listeners involved. I think that's what makes this so fun and us, you know, always getting an opportunity to not uh, truly know what we have to do. 
And now we, you know, a lot of times we have a week or something to think about it, but we all have busy schedules. So I know for sometimes, especially David and I, it's kind of a last minute. Uh, David thought of his, I'm pretty sure five minutes before we hit record. Cause that's how he works best. Like that's how I was in, in, in school, like five minutes before a test, I was taking a test, I would study and I would do well. And so that is David. Cause he always knocks it out of the park with I truthfully I truthfully minute. almost didn't even <laughs> like write anything for mine and was just gonna throw it off the hip um but I kind of got lost in the middle in my head of where I was going so I had to t- I had to write something down <laughs> I love that that's great but no I, I love having the listeners involved I think that's what you know from the when we decided to start this show that was an important thing this isn't like our show it's the listener's show uh to throw challenges at us is so fun i love a good challenge i like being you know kind of put on the spot so yeah this is going to be um it's going to be another fun one and and logan who is kind of i think the mastermind so thank you sir behind this whole theme park shuffle because a lot of times you come up with these incredible ideas of how we can mash things up or recreate. So yeah, Logan, thank you as always for being, um, yeah, kind of the brains behind this little, uh, three caballeros group. There you go. My pleasure. <laughs> who's yeah, doing that? Who's one. doing that? Is thanks it- for this Epcot thing. <laughs> we'll say who's, who's like, who's, who's Donald, who's Panchito. Like if we were the three caballeros, who's, who do you think? Don't know. That's Don't a, know enough about anything. those three. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, yeah, see, you need none of us are angry. That'd be Donald. We need an angry bunch of the group. I don't think we have that. So, what do you want me just to to kick it off with my idea? Just because kick it off, Jeremy, go so, straight go. to Soren, man. I so can't wait go, to man. hear what you've got in line for this. So, so what I've done a little bit is I've I've cheated slightly in the way that David puts six bars in one, which I appreciate. Um, Why was that cheating? I'm just saying you kind of take the rules and bend them. And I love that. I didn't bend anything. We'll go go back and listen. But if you guys tell me that this doesn't count, then you can tell me at the end. So I basically, um, I I take ideas of IPs and put into something else. And what I'm going to do with Soren, and I'll start first with what I thought is my first idea was doing um, Ryan, the last dragon based on the ride system, based on flying, riding on the back of a dragon. But the ride system for Soren doesn't fit that. Flight of Passage does. If we retheme Flight of Passage, I'm going to totally go with a Big Hero 6 Baymax, or I'm going to go with a Raya and the Last Dragon, you know, riding on the back of a dragon. So that didn't work. Also, Raya was not going to fit within this land. I know we're getting a Moana walkthrough feature. We're getting some elements of that, but I don't think it fit. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take Soren around the world and I'm going to change it into Soren through Disney. And we're going to I'll start with the technology which I want all new screens and the technology. And after going to IAPA with Logan, I know it's out there. Um I'm especially thinking of uh Logan when we saw that kind of simulator ride with the that dome screen and mm-hmm. the hot air balloon. Yeah. Like I want a screen that is not going to ruin your ride the way that unfortunately Soren does when you get to a Eiffel Tower. And you're going to understand why when I get through this. Um I don't I I want every scene or seat to be 
in the best spot, right? So let's update everything, whatever it takes with LED, 4K, great technology. And I want real footage from drones, not, you know, the current CGI complete situation where you fly over the Taj Mahal and you're like, all right, that is, that's rough. And it looks like the Sims characters are walking below, you know? <laughs> so what is Soren through Disney? This is a travel around the world through every Disney park to experience every Disney castle, which a lot of us don't get a chance to do, and we never will get a chance to do. So what we're going to do is we're going to start, <clears throat> again, this new updated technology screens. You're going to board your flight to go through Disney. Um, I have zero you know, qualms with Patrick Warbutin still doing your kind of uh, kickoff. I would love if we could have him back, letting him know that you're going to visit all of the Disney parks and their landmark castles. And we're going to still take off from Epcot and Walt Disney World. And we're going to make our way around the world. And we're going to start with um, La Chateau de... <laughs> and I, I apologize for my pronunciation, but... La Chateau de Belle Bois Dormant at Disneyland Paris. And we're going to come, all these are going to be through the nighttime. And we're going to always come down that park entrance through kind of the main street to see that wonderful firework finale. And in this uh, time at Disneyland Paris, it is Disney Illuminations. And we're going to go ahead and catch that. We're going to start to work our way slightly around the globe. As we go through the Enchanted Storybook Castle at Shanghai Disney Resort. And we're going to see Illuminate, a nighttime celebration. From here, we continue to fly. And we'll always have these good transitions through the fireworks, kind of through that smoke of, you know, a nice natural progression into the next place. And we're going to go to the Castle of Magical Dreams at Hong Kong Disneyland, where we are going to get to experience the magical year-after-year year Chinese New Year celebration. Uh, this is starting again in 2022 after a four-year renovation. From there, we're moving on to Cinderella Castle at Tokyo Disneyland for Light the Night. We're going to make our way way back around Earth, and we're going to go to Sleeping Beauty Castle at Disneyland Resort and just announced today Disneyland Forever is coming back in spring of 2022, along with the Main Street Electrical Parade. So as we fly down Main Street, right in the midst of everything, we're going to see the Main Street Electrical Parade as we finish off with Disneyland Forever. From there, we're going straight across the United States, Cinderella Castle at Walt Disney World for the finale of Enchantment as Tinkerbell is, you know, making her flight right down there off of Cinderella Castle. And then we can still end up uh, in Epcot because that's where we have to land with the finale of Harmonious. Um, I, again, I want this to be a real life 4K drone video. I don't want the, all the CGI stuff. But I do understand that through this video technology, you're going to probably want some CGI enhancements and elements. And what I would love to see in each of the crowds as you fly over them, kind of going down the main streets to the castle, is maybe some Easter eggs, maybe some hidden Mickeys. Uh, maybe when you're in Disneyland Paris, I don't know, maybe you spot Belle walking amongst the crowd. 
you know, up to the castle to watch the fireworks. Uh, maybe we are, again, somewhere in Disneyland, California, and we're seeing Aurora as she walks up to her castle. Or we see Mickey and Minnie and the Fab Five and stuff. You know, maybe it's Cinderella Castle at Walt Disney World. So there's always something to kind of look for and keep an eye out for. Um, I, you know, I, I loved Soren. I love Soren over the world. I just think that it could be something really special if you could give Walt Disney World guests an opportunity to see all these incredible castles. Um, I remember watching, you know, on, on Disney Plus, some of the specials about them outlining how these castles were created and built. And man, you know, most of us probably won't get to see all these in our lifetime. Maybe we will. But if you could see them in one incredible attraction, I just think that would be the best. And then just think of, you know, as you exit right now, there's a lot of adventures by Disney and things like that. As you exit Soren on the walls, the posters, because they're trying to get you to go to the current places that are there. Um, let's go ahead and, you know, have the the big, beautiful castle posters and, you know, the the fireworks spectaculars up there and the merchandising as you walk out. I mean, could just be amazing as well. So uh, soaring through Disney, seeing all of the parks, seeing all of the castles and the incredible fireworks displays. And as they update throughout the years, you just update this show and you get to continually enjoy Disney around the world. I like it, man. That was actually, that was actually kind of a thought I had when you started talking mm -hmm. about how you were going to, do six and one and all that kind of stuff. And, and how neat would that be to actually go down every quote unquote main street of every Disney uh, in the world. Um, I know that a lot of times my little one likes to watch the different versions of rides at every park. So yeah. she likes to do all of the haunted mansions at every single park. So yeah, to, to be able to go through and see every castle and see the, you know, the similarities to each other, but the originalness and the, and the own, you know, cultural difference in all of them. I, I think that would be a blast, but it's what I like about it is that you didn't completely change Soren. You still kept the heart of Soren because, you know, with its flaws, I love it. I love yeah. Soren. I think it's a blast. Um, but yeah, I, th I think it's great, man. Well done. Thank you. Let's see. Well, for one, the, when you mentioned Patrick Warburton, I was like, man, an emperor's <laughs> new groove, Soren. Yeah, that would be good. I'd do that. Oh, with Kronk <laughs> doing the whole pre-show. There we and go. Then, you know, strapping you in to, for your ride. It's like, oh, dude, that would didn't be they something. do like a? Didn't they do some kind of hang glider or something in Emperor's New Groove? Wasn't there like a? Some it was kind like of a, something a coaster. Like, you have yeah, the coaster. It's like a whole ride. That, yeah. I mean, that coaster is going to come up at some point. The, yeah, pull the lever, <laughs> Kronk is coming up at some point during theme park shuffle, for sure. <laughs> the let's see. The one thing I would say about this, from from a critique standpoint, is it was it's too repetitive. Okay. Where it's like fly in, see the castle see the fireworks yeah. fly in see the castle see the fireworks fly in see spaceship earth see the water show and what david mentioned too is is kind of what i i think would be a um a better transition to really highlight some of the other parks and that's actually give you a chance to get inside some of the rides 
that are completely unique to the park. So it's not just the castles, but it's also an attraction that is uniquely like a drone through Shanghai's Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. I mean, dude, that would be pretty killer. You know what I mean? Awesome. Um, so that could even be just one way to take the idea and, and sort of further evolve it. So it doesn't become too repetitive in a sense where you're, you know, cause if you come in every time down main street, there's a castle down main street, there's a castle that'll just get very repetitive. And, uh, in the fireworks, like the fireworks don't have the same effect after you see them over and over and over again. Right. So that would be the only thing I would suggest for adding a little more variety to, to spice it up and to still have the big, cause really it's, a, it's, they had those fireworks sort of at the end of Soren because it is like a, you know, fireworks finale. are the finale, you know, oh, sure. when there's fireworks, it's the end. This is the big time. This is the show at the end of the night kind of thing. So, um, trying to spread it out might actually give you more of a, a variety of chill and then thrill and then you know a much more diverse landscape as well um and just just provide you with some more um opportunities to surprise people yeah then again it's like if you just come into the castle every time that it lacks that surprise as yeah. you transition so those would be the only comments I would make to up it to the next level. But I do like the idea of bringing the parks in the same way that you've got all these attractions within Soren in both versions, both the California version and the world version, that the whole point of it is to give you a taste of these places. Yeah. And what better place than inside a Disney park to give you a taste of all the parks oh yeah. so you've already got your you know your fan base there they're, they're already there they want to see all of that and experience all of that and then and like you said i mean the really the reality is very few people will be able to travel to every disney resort in their lifetime it's, it's very few people are going to be able to do that so for the majority of people who can realistically only make it to one disney park that they sort of regular um that would be awesome yeah well man i i will say i didn't think of that and i appreciate that so much i appreciate that critique so much because you're 100 percent spot on with the repetitiveness and i honestly didn't think of that and you're right i mean even thinking of um you know the the nighttime all right everything is nighttime and you're right, right. that's going to get a little repetitive and especially when you think of you know you got a cinderella castle uh that is kind of a slight carbon copy at Tokyo Disneyland compared with Walt Disney World. So what are the yep. differences we're going to see? So I, I really actually love that idea of maybe soaring through different Disney attractions around the world, you know, and giving you a bird's eye view of what those look like. Um, I mean, that's that's brilliant. That's why you're here, Logan. To think of even, even if we went into Walt Disney World, in Pirates of the Caribbean to see a, a bird's eye view of an actual uh, boat ride system coming through that we never see, you know, we're on the ride system. So I think it's a great idea to, to kind of go that way or even, and I think this would only really play with the Disney hardcores and the fanatics is imagine uh, an opportunity to soar through uh, lost Disney attractions. 
you know, if you could Ooh. soar through, you know, Mr. Toad's wild ride or 20,000 yeah. leagues under the sea or, you know, parks that have lost loved attractions. What if there was some sort of way to go back with the bird's eye view and look over those as people get to experience them? Um, that could maybe be another actually, idea, but no, I, I thank you. Gave, I love that. That gave me an idea. What if instead of soaring through locations, you're soaring through time? Okay. So, Ooh, so yeah. you are soaring. You get to see opening day Disneyland oh, and then you soar correct. as it's matured and modified and grown. And then you soar through opening day Disney World or even like <clears throat> even as they were laying it out, yeah. you soar over the swamps of Florida and you see Walt like standing in the swamps plotting where all of this is going to be. And then the the longer the ride goes, the more time passes. And as time passes, then everything's growing around you and you're soaring to modern times. And then you get to actually see the big finale is now Disney. Boom, boom, fireworks, et cetera. So I think that'd be kind of cool if, if you soared through time. Yeah, that that's actually and, what I originally meant. So if we can go back, <laughs> we can rewind. I'm well, gonna you know, I'm gonna stop well, recording and I'm gonna steal that and we're gonna start this over again. That's brilliant. Well, Jeremy, that's when actually you brilliant. Said, when you said originally soaring through Disney, I thought that would have been you were going more. to replace real world locations with the actual Disney worlds. As okay. in the worlds from Disney movies, and then it's it's as realistic as can be. Travels through Alice in Wonderland, through Neverland, through like yeah. going through all these fictional locations that they have created themselves. Um, that would just be a, a completely unique, fun way to bring those worlds to life, and I think that would be freaking killer as well. And if you guys haven't been to the World Trade Center um, to see. The memorial there they had this elevator animation that's incredible because david to, to your point what they do is they actually have a timeline that as you're traveling up the elevator you're watching as the original world trade center the the twin towers that's were being built and that's so cool. as the timeline goes on you are then watching it just like you were talking about like a time lapse of the building and it's so cool and, and really really impactful such an amazing experience to go to that memorial that's awesome that yeah well all right um let's just move on to david <laughs> no that, no that, but that's what i love is that you know this is such a great conversation uh to have because i was stuck i was i was you know i was looking at very ip specific like i said with raya or baymax or big hero six and um i thought of this idea but i love the opportunity for us to all have this open style conversation because we did. I mean, y'all just came up with incredible new ideas and every last one of them would fit. Well, I, I wouldn't have thought about it unless you kicked it off yeah, with sure. that whole idea. Absolutely. Well, you guys, you guys are too just nice. Disney in general. Just, it's like, Oh yeah. yeah just tell me how now. handsome I am while you're at it. Cause that sounds good. <laughs> uh, the most handsome out of all of us. Thank for you. Sure, without a doubt. Side note, before I start, it makes me think what would be really fun is if we, maybe a future episode, just take one idea mm -hmm. and we don't plot any, we don't think about it beforehand. And then we just bat it around live on the podcast, you know, not live, live for us, 
three days later for you guys that are listening to it. But, but the podcast is just us throwing ideas back and forth. And that. at the end, we have a final attraction or what have you. I absolutely love that. Like we I work mean, on it together. Yeah, I love that. We will do several of those. Well, maybe, and by that, uh, I mean we let Logan do all the work. Or in this case, I just come up with a dumb idea, and then you guys make it so much better. We could do that, too. But you're so handsome. Whatever works. Wow. Whatever thank, works. Thank look, you, David. I'm down for whatever. I'm definitely look glad that, that this is – yeah, I'm glad this isn't video. So um, I love your hair, too, as well, David. All right, David is look, up, right, with his idea. Them. Both of them are beautiful. Um, David is up. I can't wait shaved. for this, as always, because – you always come out of left field and just kill it. Like I never know what not, to expect not, out of you in a good way. This one isn't so much left field. Um, so the challenge I took with this one, other than it just being a film is I wanted to keep it kind of themed to the whole environmental message that awesome planet gives you and stuff i could have just changed it completely and been like guess what everybody it's a hawkeye thing now and you're shooting arrows or whatever speaking of hawkeye if you guys haven't watched the first four they're amazing um and i kind of cheated also because the ip i'm using is represented already in epcot but it's not the focal point of the ip in epcot so what I decided to do was to keep the awesome planet theme, but instead of um, the guy from modern planet or modern family, Bailey. Phil Dunphy, I can't think of the actor's name, Ty something or other. Ty right? Ty Burrell. Burrell. Instead of him doing the wonderful job that he's going to do, um, I am going to do Olaf presents our awesome planet. And it's going to be in the theme of the Olaf presents shorts that are on Disney plus right now. So here, here's how it's going to start. It's just going to start with Olaf, a really close up shot of him saying, and it all started with a bang. And then Olaf is going to split apart as he explains that the universe began with a bang and that our planet earth became perfectly distanced from the sun to allow life. And then Olaf is going to morph into an amoeba shape and say, uh, but at first it was uh, squishy. And then Olaf is going to change to many different animals to show you the stages of evolution. But his final shape is going to look like Rex from Toy Story. Then all of a sudden, he's going to stand with his back to the camera far off and go, but the dinosaurs are dead. He's then going to describe how the planet went through a long ice age. But this one wasn't Elsa's fault. But after the ice age, Earth began to regulate, giving way to seasons like fall, winter, spring, and you guessed it, summer. Olaf is going to tell the story of our planet's evolution in different biospheres. He's going to talk about the oceans and the seas, all while changing into Dory and Bruce from Finding Nemo. He's going to talk about the deserts and talking about the heat. He's going to turn into Apu and the genie from Aladdin. He's going to talk about jungles and rainforests. And actually, I wrote this before you said it, Jeremy. He's going to change into Kronk from Emperor's New Groove. The message of the attraction is going to stay the same. Um, it's just going to be delivered in a more modern and fun way by Olaf doing it. He's then going to revert to that part of the, the depressing part of the movie where he's going to say the pollution is hurting our planet. And like a movie bad guy, he's going to change into Chernabog. He's going to say, if we don't improve this, and then he's going to step away with his back and he's going to go, planet Earth will be dead. <laughs> then he's going to quickly list the great things that humans have done 
and he's going to say, because of this, we will remain on our awesome planet. Short, oh, sweet, I'm done. Dude. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, Damn, I had to follow that. Come on, man. That. Oh, wow. That was See, that is exactly what we were talking about. That is how you take something that has a message, but you make it entertaining. You keep it lighthearted. And you get the message across without making people feel like total crap. Yep. Yep. Well done, sir. Yeah. That I uh, dude, that Thanks. was seriously. And and you're going like I was <laughs> closing my eyes because I could picture it. Like I could just picture Olaf doing those things and oh the dinosaurs are dead. This is that had me Those are my favorite me. scenes of those oh, things. Oh, they're the best are, ever. Papa was an emaciated <laughs> shrimp. <Yes. laughs> I mean, wow, that is absolutely perfect. And like Logan said, and we were joking about this through text and we were talking about Awesome Planet, is that, you know, it, it has been first of all, they completely underused Ty Burrell, right? It was just his voice. It, 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 you didn't feel like yeah. you were listening to Phil Dumphy or Dumphrey or whatever it is um, from Modern <laughs> Family. Like there was no life into it. It was just this voiceover. And it's like the world is amazing, but you guys suck and you're killing it. And nobody <laughs> likes you and get out of my theater. And you just like Logan said, change this into the most amazing message with heart and, and humility and hilarity and I want to see this. And I will say out of <laughs> everything we've ever done in theme park shuffle. And even when we started on main street magic, this one to me is the one that could literally happen. Like if this was pitched to Disney, I think this is the one that's like, all right. And Josh Gad would be like, I'm on well, board. You know, and, I can make and this it, happen. And it, and it would be a no brainer. Cause yeah. it's going to put butts in seats. I 100%. mean, Olaf presents yep. that, that alone, just Olaf. Olaf alone will yep. bring all the kids in. Yeah. That, you know, oh, man, as, as so a good. parent, I don't want to take my kid to see awesome plan. No, like, well, I don't no. like, I, I get it. It's, it's got a good message and it's going to, you know, traumatize them for life to where they, <laughs> they truly care about the planet. And I get that. Um, but you know, that's just not the kind of fear I want to instill in my child at this point. <laughs> Well, truth be told, um, and you guys can verify this, when you told me I got Awesome Planet, I had no idea what it was. Right. I, yep. <laughs> I I go into um I go into the land and I do Soren and I do or you know, the boat ride, but I I've never one time done Awesome Planet. I I didn't even know that it existed. And then yeah. when I watched like a thing about it on YouTube, I'm like, Well, God, this is depressing. Very. I mean yeah. And, I mean, and it's always been, even when it was the Lion King, what is it? The yeah, circle, circle of life, of life was so was depressing. depressing. Oh my God. It was even more depressing than awesome planet. Like awesome planet tried to make it, um, attractive by, cause it was like real estate. It was almost like it was a real estate agent, you know? Yeah. What I mean? He's like, Hey earth, this is a great place. We should all live here and blah, 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 but you're ruining it. And this just, I'll tell you, I just got, I got my new, um, tattoo yesterday and I have Olaf. And if this comes to fruition, David, I'm going to get a little word bubble coming off that says awesome planet or uh, yeah, something like <laughs> the that. Dinosaurs are dead. Dinosaurs are dead. I will well, get I mean, that for you, you. You, how long has modern family been off the air now? A few years, right? It's been, yeah, it's been a while and it lasted what? Do nine, kids- 10 seasons. Do kids have any clue who Phil Dunphy is? I mean, no. What? But the, I mean, there, there's no. not even a representation of his 
face even for adults. And again, he's yeah. so monotone. It's my it's my entire um, issue with the um, what is it? Uh, Canadian circle vision. Yes. You yeah. have two of the most iconic. Yeah. Eugene Canada. Levy and Catherine O'Hara in Canada. And like, why would you not play up Shit's Creek? And instead, you have them just speaking the most monotone voices that you almost have to, like, halfway through the show, you're like, wait, oh, man, is that, you know, like, you have to start go through, and is that Johnny Rose now? Is that Moira? And same thing with Awesome Planet. So to, I think to put a true, not only voice, but face to it, because obviously, as you said, Olaf is showing up. We never see the faces of these incredible voices in either the Canadian circle 360 or the current awesome planet. And I think it's just that absolute travesty. Like let's give these shows life. Epcot has always been educational. I know it's getting away from that, but we can keep it that way. If we give it some life and we give it a face and we just make people actually enjoy it and laugh a little, but they can also learn. And that's what you did, David. So bravo. Yes, well sir. Done, sir. That was and awesome. <laughs> Thank you. awesome planet planet thank awesome. you thank you that was amazing i'm glad yeah i'm, I'm I, I did not expect that uh that warm of a reception i'm very happy oh, no, man it's... david's was nice and short and mine's about to be like 30 minutes long let's do it let's do it we always get some good uh i'm gonna i'm gonna close my eyes anybody if you have not ridden test track for any reason whatsoever pause real quick go look up a ride video i'm saying right logan oh and, no there's uh, okay so here we go if, <laughs> attractions 360 okay. has an amazing 4k ride video of the 2012 concept perfect inside the magic has a great pre-show well sort of cue ride and uh post-show walkthrough perfect uh, again 2012 concept and if you want to go back to the 1999 concept attractions magazine has a fantastic q ride and post show video all three of those are on youtube by those um providers and they are awesome and those are exactly what i used as reference as i was going through this so okay <laughs> pause go to the bathroom <laughs> get a water whatever you got to do you're going to be here a while because test track is now becoming Wreck-It Ralph Sugar Rush. Yes, so, perfect. For those of you who have never watched the Disney movie Wreck-It Ralph, here are the main things you need to know. Okay, here we go. I got to do my voice. <laughs> In the original Wreck-It Ralph movie, the main character Ralph wants to prove he is more than a bad guy. In a retro arcade game, so he travels to Game Central Station and then game jumps into a modern first-person shooter to win a hero's medal. Chaos ensues and he ends up game jumping inside the candy-themed go-kart racing game Sugar Rush, where he meets Vanellope von Schwitz, a young troublemaking glitch who just wants to prove she can race. Ralph and Vanellope reluctantly become friends and they break into a cart baking factory, which doesn't go as planned. It's just as messy and unique as Vanellope. Vanellope then competes in the random roster race. And after winning, it is revealed the game was reprogrammed 
by the evil racer Turbo, disguised as King Candy. And she was never actually a glitch, but instead one of the main characters, the Princess of Sugar Rush. I like that wrestling voice at the end there. That's that was good. Uh, my little announcer. That's, that is, man, that is something. Um, man, you could have ended we there. And I'm like, that's perfect. I didn't know we were supposed to do like thematic presentations of the voice. We're not. And yeah, I just, <laughs> I just got to do something, Dude. something to jazz it up. Logan always brings his A game. So I try, try. He does. I got to entertain, guys. You got to work if on your Olaf working, voice. Just let me know. Yeah, you got to work on your Olaf voice, David. Though, for next time, okay, I want to go so, Olaf. <laughs> the exterior, since all the attractions in Epcot's World Discovery Pavilion have a similar sleek and modern aesthetic and exist in the real world, it wouldn't make sense to redesign the exterior into King Candy's Castle or something candy-themed that only exists inside the Sugar Rush video game. Instead, guests enter Game Central Station, which is a highly advanced subway station that allows people to become digitized and enter the racing arcade game Sugar Rush. So as soon as guests enter the building, they pass by the real-life version of Vanellope Von Schwitz's candy cart, and there's a video featuring Vanellope and Ralph as they welcome you to Game Central Station's Sugar Rush pre-boarding area. Guests then round the corner and learn that part of becoming a Sugar Rush cart racer is creating a custom candy cart. Displays feature some of the other Sugar Rush racers and small models of their iconic carts. And then in the middle of the room, a full-size cart is displayed in exploded form so guests understand each of the four elements that they can customize on their vehicles and there's informational signage that identifies and explains how these areas affect performance. Next, guests continue to a section where a topographical map of Sugar Rush Speedway is being projection mapped. And behind that is a video screen showing Vanellope and Ralph as they explain and virtually interact with the different areas of the racetrack. They inform you that your custom candy cart will be tested on the Sugar Rush Speedway via a SIM cart, which allows multiple racers to test their designs at the same time. Guests then enter the standby queue, which is themed to look like the game central station hub with references to the interior of a surge protector and signs above the doors that let you know when it is time to enter Sugar Rush. Before passing through the doors, Guests can interact with large touchscreens and further learn about how to design their cart. At the front of the queue, guests use their magic band, park ticket, or a white RFID card called a cart card to enter the Sugar Rush station doors that lead into two cart bakery stations. Once in the bakery, guests have a set amount of time to design their own custom candy cart that will be tested on the Sugar Rush Speedway using a special SIM cart. The tests are based on four criteria, acceleration, durability, traction, and speed. So acceleration is determined by your engine design. Durability is determined by your body design, specifically the candy materials that you choose. Traction is determined by the design of your wheels. 
and speed is determined by your add-ons, which impact the aerodynamics of your vehicle. When the time expires, guests and their custom candy carts have been fully digitized and must move to the second queue, which is a tunnel themed as the inside of a power cord with lighting and sound effects, as well as overhead audio notifying you that you are about to reach the Sugar Rush station. So the load platform is designed to look like a subway station with unique candy-themed graffiti and signage. While waiting to board the SIM cards, all guests must scan their Magic Band park ticket or cart card at the gate to upload their custom candy cart into the SIM card. So now the ride. After you board the SIM cart and fasten your seatbelt, the, the vehicle drives out of the station and stops outside a portal. So Vanellope and Ralph communicate with you via onboard radios and explain how your cart design will be tested in four different parts of the Sugar Rush Speedway. The Candy Cane Forest, Diet Cola Mountain, Frosty Rally, and the Royal Raceway Finale. The acceleration test begins when you pass through the portal and are transported into the video game world of Sugar Rush, complete with the incredibly catchy and energetic Sugar Rush song by AKB48. If you haven't listened to it, it's amazing. Download it. It's a great workout song. <laughs> it won't get you. It won't let you down. It's, it's such high energy. So from this point on, the scenic theming inside the ride will be a combination of practical set pieces combined with projection mapping and LED displays that create a truly immersive experience. So as we enter the candy cane forest, we pass by peppermint trees and can see and hear Laffy Taffy hanging down from above. We then accelerate up a steep hill as Vanellope and Ralph continue to inform us about the environment and the tests for each section. Our SIM cart repeatedly accelerates and nearly loses control as it passes over Nesquik sand traps and gumdrop terrain. At the end of the acceleration test, the custom candy cart design with the best score is revealed by animatronic versions of Vanellope and Ralph. In the durability test, you enter Diet Cola Mountain, where your custom candy cart design is tested under extreme conditions. The theming will look like you're passing through the Diet Cola Mountain. The first zone features the boiling hot cola pits on both sides of the car with special heat effects. The second zone is a cavern covered in Minto stalactites that sway back and forth due to the wind tunnel effect. And the third zone features lava eruptions caused by Mentos falling into the boiling hot cola pits and spraying us with a combination of fog and mist effects. So after the test is complete, the best scores are displayed and revealed by a projected version of Ralph. So now, in the traction test, the SIM cart enters Frosty Rally and drifts around hairpin turns as it climbs up and down icy roads lined with Oreos and ice cream scoops. Along the way, cherry bombs explode on some of the turns when our vehicle drifts too close. The SIM cart then enters a tunnel on the side of Ice Cream Mountain. We travel through the freezing cold rainbow-colored cavern and must make a last-minute swerve to avoid a massive exploding cherry bomb that sends a cloud of rainbow-colored fog directly towards us. When the SIM cart exits the tunnel, the results for the traction test are displayed 
with Vanellope rooting you on as a fully visible projected character that glitches across the wall in excitement. The final test is speed, where the sim cart momentarily stops and then accelerates through candy-themed arches towards a wall made of chocolate. The chocolate bar suddenly splits open and our sim cart speeds onto the Royal Raceway. The track is colorfully painted and decorated with multicolored candy cane light poles and pretzel guardrails. Large portions of the outside track also feature three-dimensional bandstands with a variety of candy fans. The sim cart speeds along a straightaway, makes a 90-degree right turn, then a 270-degree left turn circling around a giant chocolate bonbon mountain that covers the employee parking lot that is currently visible on test track. Exiting the turn, the sim cart then speeds down another straightaway before making a complete counterclockwise circle around the building. We speed under the highly themed Royal Raceway finish line and then slow down as the vehicle descends back toward the Sugar Rush subway station. When the test is complete, Vanellope and Ralph reveal the speed test results and then announce which of our custom candy carts won the random roster race. We then exit inside the Sugar Rush subway station and walk through a tunnel themed as the inside of a power cord with lighting and sound effects, as well as overhead audio notifying you that you are being returned to your non-digitized form and about to reach Game Central Station. Inside Game Central Station, guests can now use their Magic Band Park card or cart card to see their custom candy cart performance scores on a large Sugar Rush Speedway virtual map before entering a circular hub that resembles the inside of a surge protector and features interactive games themed around the video games in both Wreck-It Ralph movies, such as Fix-It Felix Jr., Heroes Duty, Qbert, Pac-Man, Space Invaders, Frogger, Root Beer Tapper, Burger Time, Sonic the Hedgehog, Street Fighter 2, and Slaughter Race. In the Game Central showroom, guests can listen to some of the great songs from the Wreck-It Ralph movies, such as Wreck-It, Wreck-It Ralph, Sugar Rush, When Can I See You Again by Owl City, Zero by Imagine Dragons, and A Place Called Slaughter Race. Here, you can also meet and greet with Vanellope and Ralph, take virtual photos with your custom-designed candy carts, walk around real-life versions of the iconic Sugar Rush Racers carts, as well as Vanellope and Shanks race cars from Slaughter Race. And lastly, you can purchase a toy-sized version of your custom candy cart inside the Game Central Station gift shop. The end. I'm I'm done. I'm out. That's perfect. <laughs> I'm I mean, that was <laughs> it's made. It's made for it. It's yeah, made it was, for it. It's, it's made for uh, it. It's a that Jeremy. You said that mine was a no-brainer. That if it was pitched, would would be done. It's perfect. Logan, I mean, it is an absolute no-brainer that nobody gives a crap about the braking system on your GE, on your Chevy Malibu Mm -hmm. four-door, right? No one cares. But you get me Mentos dropping into Diet Coke and Vanellope glitching and 
Yeah, no, it's it is a hundred percent no brainer Grand Slam. I want to ride it right now. I want to ride it. I want to ride it so bad. <laughs> I'll, I'll um, I I will say that's the that's the best thing that's ever been presented. Like I'm not kidding. That is the number one presented idea in the entirety of us doing this show, which I know hasn't been long, but whatever. That seriously is absolute perfection. Yours was great, David, but holy crap. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, did he do a Main Street Parade pedal pub? I don't think so. You need to slow down, big boy. I I, got to say, if I got to pick one or the other, I'm picking this. The, I'm that that I'm was 100% getting. I mean seriously Logan that from beginning to end was absolute perfection. And is, you know I've been dying to do this one. Man. Dying to do it. And in it fact is. when when you did test track with Fast and Furious I was just like oh man he's going to steal like all the cool ideas. But I did it, not. I still <laughs> and you know the crazy part was here's the crazy part. Everything in this retheme this is truly a retheme. Yeah. This isn't completely changing the ride this is using everything that already exists yep just applying an ip and making it a million times better than the way it currently is yeah and you know and you know with universal about to have nintendo and have a mario kart ride you want to compete with a mario kart ride it's right there it It is is. built in ready to roll yeah and really i mean and if they run if they wanted to you know kind of borrow from that mario kart ride as well if you were using ar with an attraction like this then you could even go back and change and like at the beginning instead of doing candy cane forest you can actually make it um oh god what is it called gumball gouge gumball gouge something like that and it's actually got it to where um you know as you're driving through let me double check the gumball gorge sorry gumball gorge with those giant gumball machines that release the giant gumballs and then the, you know they yeah. knock out the racers you can actually do that with ar you can actually have it to where as you're on that track practically it, you can't do that but if you were doing it with ar you could have that and so there's all these extra things they could really do with an ar overlay like what's done with the mario kart attraction um but man this it just makes sense. Just yeah. like make it fun, add an IP that's relevant, do something that elevates the IP in a way that not only is the IP elevated, but also the attraction is elevated. It This to me is just a perfect marriage between the IP and the attraction. And I wish they would do this. 100%. I mean, the, but I, I'm sure sponsorship is the main reason why they don't because yeah. Chevrolet is the sponsor. Well, and and if you don't have their logo advertised all over everything, right? What's the point of sponsoring? Yeah. But even, I mean, even it fits so well now in this weird area, but they're putting the play pavilion there, which is going to, looks like it's going to be basically very Wreck It Ralph number two. Um, you know, Ralph breaks the internet themed in the sense of that play pavilion. So this would fit perfectly. In this kind of weird little land with Guardians of the Galaxy and Space 220 and Mission Space. But I think this is a perfect fit. And again, you designed from, you know, basically entering the queue all the way to exiting in the gift shop, which was so brilliant. Um, Which is something I honestly didn't do this episode. Like, I'm going to go right now and apologize because I did not put my best foot forward 
with this episode. Um, this because was perfectly I, fine. Man. No, but I, but but I started to think as he was going through this for the first time. I was like, I didn't talk about the Q. Like you know, the Soren Q could get a um, complete overlay if we were doing some sort of Disney um, you know fly through. It could have gotten the um, the Disney trivia that they do you know throughout, or it could have gotten like a history with photos and videos and all. And I just um, uh, yeah, the you, you guys did such an incredible job in this episode with things that I think are just outstanding. And I want to see both of them and this, yeah, this is like, I, I, I like test track. It's cool, but man, does it need in a complete rebirth, you to know, make it something one... that it really should be because the ride system yep. outstanding. It's Everything outstanding. around it is not good. It's fun. Everything else Correct. is not good. Yeah. And, you know, the uh, again, like their whole I, the concept of a simulation, I think that's a great idea. Yeah. However, give me a simulation that's in a real environment. Not don't don't right. cheese it up right. and give me lines, mm-hmm. line drawings and stuff yeah. and make it feel like Tron. Like if, yes. if, if you're going to do that, just make it a Tron ride. Just right. make it Tron and people right. will love it because it's right. Tron. Yep. But don't don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyways, besides the point, the the gameplay and the the idea of creating and personalizing and stuff they did a killer job with that in 2012 when they they redid it that was just solid absolutely solid and a a major improvement to what was already a good attraction um i just think they took several steps back in regard to just theming and stuff like that yeah but what i was about to say is this ipcot challenge if people have been sort of dogging the idea of bringing IPs to Epcot because they see it as some loss of the way the park used to be and a, sort of a, a degradation of the education and more about just the worshiping of Disney, um, I got to say, man, these episodes we keep doing, they're they're really selling me on turning <laughs> Epcot into Epcot because, quite frankly, the past two episodes – I love this park <laughs> that we are retheming. Oh my gosh. I'm with you. I can't wait till we get to World Showcase, guys. We oh, still goodness. Have the entire World Showcase to yeah. do. Yikes. Yeah. Well, the I, thing I, is, you know, you can have it both ways. Yeah. You can still have the, the yep. learning. You'll have more education and more learning if people actually care about what's presenting it to them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I'm going to pay more attention. I'm going to pay more attention to Olaf talking to me than a sitcom character that's five years old. That, yep. you or know. just a voice. Yes, yeah. or just a voice. That's yeah. not For sure. even a face, like a, a non-person, just a narrator. While we see all this footage, we are like, eh, I could watch this on National Geographic yes. if I wanted to. Yeah. Which was like the whole thing, I feel like, is that that's what they did. They partnered with National Geographic because they bought them out with that whole deal, and that's what they went with. And so I agree with you guys. I think, you know, um, people are so against IPs in the park, but they're all purists. They're all the old school Disney fans. And the simple fact is, is that's what we connect with. We connect with Olaf. We connect with Wreck-It Ralph. You know, we connect with... All these characters that us and our families and our kids, we all have kids, are becoming familiar with. And when you go into Disney Park and they can meld them the right way, which I hope that we're trying to do here with some of these cool challenges. I think Disney's doing anyway in a lot of ways. Um, 
it, it's, it, it makes you care more. It makes you familiar. You know, nobody, again, I just go on mission space. What? What is this? Nobody yeah. knows. You all of a sudden connect that to a Disney movie. Like, I don't know, Meet the Robinsons. I know that was way out of left field, but God, I love that wow. movie. That's it is the one you chose. so <laughs> underrated. Just popped. I love that movie more than anything. But let's just say you connect it to an IP that we all know and love, and you still keep that heart and soul. And, I mean, it's going to make a difference. And we're headed to the way of IPs. I mean, Logan, in your line of work, you know, you guys get to create a lot of really cool original ideas, right? But yep. you guys are creating those stories and those ideas. Disney's got <laughs> this giant pool of IPs and familiarity that they can just integrate. And so I understand why they're doing that. You know, I, I mean, know. hey, it's we just... also work with IPs. I know you do. I, work, I know you do. So, I mean, we work a lot with IPs. Everything you guys do is, is amazing. IPs yeah. add value. It's they a do. fact. Yeah. IPs add value. They add instant recognition. People will go to it just because they love the IP. Yeah. So you better have an attraction that they equally love because if they love the IP and the attraction sucks, then the money you spent on the IP was for nothing. Yeah. You got to have an attraction that is great to begin with. And the IP is simply a way to add to the experience. Yeah. And a lot of times it, it brings people in without having to give them an entire backstory in a five minute pre-show because they come in already knowing, right? you know, everything about the IP, especially in a Disney park, non-Disney people are not going to Disney parks and being like, huh, what's, what's this all about? <laughs> Who's this mouse? Yeah, exactly. What's going on? Yeah. Like, you know, it, that's no. So it's great when you already have an audience that already knows and loves your IP. And sure, you're still going to have to do some explanation because, yes, not everybody knows everything about your IP, but it is known. It is a known source and something that's already recognizable because it's more than likely part of popular culture. So it has instant recognition and just adds value right from the moment its name is affiliated with the attraction. So yeah, yep. it, Hey, look again, butts and seats, man, butts and seats. That's what does it. And IP helps. Yep. Yep. That's right. All right, David, you're going to close us out here for this incredible episode of our Ipcot challenge. I will. This was a fun one, guys. This I thought was it great. Went oh my God. Really, so fun. Really, really well. Well, Everybody, we hope that you enjoyed listening to Ipcot Challenge Part 2. Um, we know Christmas is coming up, and I think we had talked about maybe trying to squeeze in something Christmassy um, before the actual holiday. So stay tuned, keep your eyes on the socials, and we will let you know what we have planned. Because uh, I don't even know what we have planned, because they don't tell me till the day before. <laughs> but uh but we will definitely do something for christmas we hope that you guys enjoyed this um as of now i know we said this last time we are still on the main street magic podcast feed eventually we will be breaking free and doing the theme park shuffle feed it exists now look for it find it subscribe to it like it love it get a tattoo of it on your arm if you want to 
I'll sign your arm and you can get a tattoo of my signature on top of your arm. Oh my goodness. And it'll be worth absolutely nothing. And you will regret your decision immediately. But the point of that is to go find theme park shuffle, please subscribe to it. Cause it's eventually going to be the only place you can hear the melodious tones of my voice, Jeremy's voice and Logan's voice. So we really hope that you enjoyed this. We love doing this for you. Comment, like, subscribe, rate, and review. Because as Jeremy's wife, Rhonda, says, that's what helps us grow. So for me, David, thank you very much. For Logan. Adios, muchachos. Jeremy Stein. Peace out. You guys are the best. We will see you next time.